Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. As loved ones of first responders and military personnel, we often face life situations and challenges that many others don't experience. And while each of us and our experiences are unique, together we can learn from one another and become stronger in this journey of life. Now let's step out of mediocrity. It's time to thrive. This is the last episode for the podcast Suicide Prevention Awareness series, and I brought on Steve Jensen, who has experience as being a chaplain and just in the military in general and just grieving, and he provides a lot of insight on how we can help our friends, our families, our community after a suicide is completed. So excited for today's episode. I think this is really good information for us because so often we just think, let's prevent suicide, let's prevent suicide. But you know what? It happens and we need to know how we can help each other through this circumstance. So let's get on to the interview with Steve. Hi, Waiting Warriors. Welcome to another episode for this Suicide Prevention Awareness Month series. Today we have an important guest, Steve Jensen. Hi, Steve, and welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. I don't think I've ever been called an important guest before. But You are. You have knowledge <laughs> there. Well, I mean, it's good to be here. So I'm, uh, like you said, I'm Steve Jensen. I'm uh, an active duty Air Force chaplain. Uh, I've been a chaplain for just over two years, but I've been in the Air Force for over 11. And I'm married. I've got three kids. I've got a teenager and then a preteen. And then one that's eight, so she's still somewhat sane. But yeah, we've got three girls. And we're stationed at Beale Air Force Base in California. Awesome. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> your, your experience in a nutshell. So you've been in the Air Force, now you're as a chaplain. Um, from both perspectives and jobs, what has been your experience with suicide awareness and prevention? So before, before becoming a chaplain, my experience with it was, I mean, well, any, any military member has, has sat through several uh, suicide prevention awareness briefs. And I mean, they hit it with you so much that you start to think, oh man, I'm not, I'm not going to kill myself. Why am I, why am I sitting here listening through this? And unfortunately it often comes off as is uh, disingenuine because it comes across as, you know, hey, don't kill yourself at least while we're while you're here with us. If you're going to do it, you know, do it after you move somewhere else. And it's not our problem because the it's it's something like if prevention is going to be done effectively, it's really just reaching out, connecting with people. And if your your command is telling you, hey, no, we care about you, we care about you, but then their actions show otherwise. And you think, oh, you just don't want, you don't want me to create work for you by killing myself. Mm-hmm. Even though that's really not the case, but that's just how it comes across just from all the, the overexposure. So, so the military is very, very aware of suicide prevention, but as far as what to actually do if it happens or how to really connect with people, 
it's still work to do. Mm -hmm. So, and I've seen the devastating effects that suicide can have on a family, um, just in my, just in my own family. And it, you know, it's, it's hard. It's, it takes grieving to a new level. Yeah. So my understanding is that you've researched and even developed some material on suicide postvention care. Could you first tell me more about what suicide postvention is? Because that was a term that I had not heard before. So what what is suicide postvention? So the word postvention is a term that was coined by Edwin Schneidman. He's uh, considered a you know the father of suicide studies in the modern era. So, you know, back in like 1969, 1970, somewhere around that time, he came up with the word postvention as a form of prevention for further suicides after um, someone does kill themselves. Because there's, and I mean, it, it's kind of how, what do you do once it happens? Because although it's a, uh, it would be a nice goal to have zero suicides in our society, zero suicides in the military. The likelihood of that actually happening is, you know, pretty low. But once it does happen, like I said, with the suicide awareness being very high in the military, I'd, I'd seen cases where it did happen. And this is all pre-chaplain days when it did happen. And it just seemed like everyone was scrambling and like, oh, no. It happened. The thing we never wanted to happen happened. Now what do we do? And there wasn't really a a rule book for them to follow and how to you know connect with the family afterwards and how to communicate with the unit members who were you know just. I mean it. It didn't. I mean it happened on one of the bases I was at, and I wasn't even. I mean the guy wasn't even in the same unit as me, but it just the just the fact that it happened on our base you know one of one of our brothers and sisters was hurting so much that they went and killed themselves you know it it, it impacts everybody and then to have the command not really i mean seemingly not really given tools of what to to do or say and how to treat it cuz they're like well we don't want to we don't want to talk too much about it because then we'll maybe we'll be planting these seeds of suicide then we'll just have a chain of suicides because everyone's thinking oh it's a viable way to get out because we don't want to aggrandize it so how do we memorialize our our airmen and and the fact that they did wear a uniform without drawing attention to how they how they died and it just piqued my interest of what we do because i'm i'm idealistic that we can get rid of more suicides but i'm also realistic to know that you're not going to be able to get it 100 percent and so I thought, well, what can we do when it does happen? Right. So what did you learn in all of your studies? Well, so my, I think my, I don't see my viewpoint changed on suicide, but I, I think I came to a, you know, some people they're they're just going to do it and there's nothing that you can do about it. They're just hell bent on killing themselves and there's nothing that anybody's going to do to change that because I, I can't remember what the statistic is, but it's like one in four, one in three suicides. There's no warning signs. No, they don't leave a note or anything. You know, they pack up their desk at work and then go home and, you know, commit the act. And, and nobody saw it coming. 
And so, I mean, that's, that's going to happen, but I'm going to say my, my viewpoint on suicide, I don't say it changed, but it, I think it evolved a little bit. And what I, what I mean by that is that I guess beforehand, I just saw it as this outright, completely devastating event. But the more I studied about it, the more I, the more I saw it as, I saw a lot more grace involved with it. And I, I mean, it's, I mean, people have problems. As long as there's people, there's, there's people problems. But through human suffering, we have an opportunity to you know, connect with one another, to reach out to one another, and to be more you know, Christ-like, if you will, with one another. And, and I, I guess I just saw suicide more of, you know, just another example of, of human suffering. I, I didn't view it any longer as like, this the worst thing that could, that could ever happen. Because I mean, there's, I think there's meaning in life, but there's also meaning in death. And I don't think life ends with when we pass from this world. And so I guess it just gave me more compassion for others that were suffering Mm-hmm. In different ways. So I know I know that's probably not the the normal thing that you would expect me to get out of reading a bunch and studying a bunch about suicide. But that is probably the the primary thing that I got from it. No, but that's a good thing for us who haven't taken the time to study to learn though. I think it's a an unexpected but important lesson. Um that we can learn from what you learned and the time you've taken to study. So, um, it could also mean just um, that I'm a weirdo and that I think of things <laughs> in, in weird ways. Weird thoughts. Abstract good thinker. Thought. That's good for us. Non-abstract <laughs> thinkers. We need the abstract. So postvention with suicide. What do we as a community need to know about how to handle um, a suicide or how to help. Um, does that question make sense? Do you know what, I'm saying? Yeah. Like what, what should we be doing? So I, I think there's in our society, there's a huge stigma associated with suicide. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think in some ways that's a, that's a learned behavior in, in a way. And it's influenced by our, our worldview and how we, think about things i mean for example in in japan they like with the the bushido code for the samurai warriors it was actually seen as an honorable thing to take your own life and there was a whole ceremony you know surrounding it and i'm not not saying that i mean i'm not saying oh yeah we should just kill ourselves if we've been dishonored or acted dishonorably or whatever but i think that because of the stigma of oh you know their their loved one died by suicide and you know I don't I don't know how to how to talk about it differently but really you know a loss is a loss you know if someone dies to a degree it doesn't really matter too much how their loved one died because the same fact remains mm-hmm. that their loved one died and so you should talk with somebody the, the same way that you would you know regardless of how they died now I, I understand that we don't always know what to say. And I've, I've studied a lot about grief and, and death. And when I talk to an airman or, or anybody who's 
whose loved one has died. And I find myself even at a loss for words of what to say. And I've experienced loss, but I think back, you know, I don't know what I needed to hear either, but I think Mm -hmm. what we can do, like we don't have to have like the perfect thing to say. It's more about who a being than saying, because I I look back to, you know, our, our son died years ago and I didn't remember a whole lot of what anybody was saying to me, but I remembered how I felt and how people made me feel by how they treated me and connected with me and my family and served us. So I think that's the biggest thing to do. If you know somebody who's, whose loved one has died by suicide, just treat them how you'd want to be treated. And if you're just going to give them lip service, then maybe it's better not to say anything but just being like be a friend and that's something we can all do you don't have to be a chaplain to be a friend Mm -hmm. well that makes me think of my mom I don't remember who passed away or what but I know it was an unexpected Uh loss but I, I remember watching her write a note saying there are no words I wish there was something I could do to make it better, but I just want you to know I'm thinking of you. And she wrote the note and she sent it. And I, I loved that because I'm the type of person that I like to fix things. And I'm really frustrated when I can't fix things. I, I, I just really hate it that I can't say something to fix it, but that was a good lesson. And I continue to reflect on that. Like sometimes if you are a praying person, the best thing you can do is to just pray for them and let them know that you're praying for them. Or, you know, like we just, sometimes we just can't fix it, but we can be their friend. That's a very well said and a a good message for a military because I mean, we are, we're fixers. Yeah. So it's like, I know, I know we can't do that. And for my personality, that's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. I think it's important that, and again, I'm, t- I'm talking mostly to people who are like me because I need to know this, but mm-hmm. it's not about what I'm comfortable with. It's not, and what I want to do, it's what they need. And one other example that I really liked, um, there's a podcast that I really like to listen to and her brother, um, mm-hmm. and, sister-in-law lost their baby like it was um a year old or something and passed away and all she said was she's like there really isn't anything I can say but um she just felt the need to acknowledge that it had happened and that that person just just like a little to memorialize it a little bit because there isn't anything we can say to fix it but just to acknowledge that that grief and pain is there, like mm-hmm. an I see you type of a thing. I think that can go a long ways as well. No, I, I agree. I think it's a great message for a military audience, especially because we're, you know, we're, we're fixers, we're doers. I mean, the air force mm-hmm. is a, is a culture of checklists. You have a checklist for everything, but you know, sometimes you just have to take a step back and realize that you can't, you, you can't, you can't change it. I mean, I, we, I used to be air crew before I was uh, the chaplain and we would mission plan just for hours, you know, before we'd go fly, you know, 
you know, what if this radio doesn't work? What if this person doesn't take off? What if the airspace doesn't, isn't available? Whatever, you know, every contingency, we would always say, hope is not a plan. You can't not plan and then hope everything works out. But in mm -hmm. life, sometimes hope is the only plan. You, you do all that you can, but then you find out that you, there's nothing else you can do. So you just have to hope that things will work out. And I think that's why, why we have faith, because faith is all about hope. Yeah, that really is beautiful. It's a beautiful thought. Okay, I think the most important question um, for this interview is, what should people not do? What should people not do? Well, don't kill mm -hmm. yourself. Right. I think that's the point of this, right? Just, um, right. But from a, from a postvention <laughs> side, what should we, whether it's you're the commander's wife or even just non-military for the first responders, like um, for those loved ones, like somebody else in your circle has lost somebody. What should mm -hmm. we not? Um, I mean, this is just, this is just me. This is what I, what I think. And like mm -hmm. all this stuff that I've, I've been saying is, it's not, not the air force the speaking. This is all just, just me, but oh, I thought you were the official. I know. I know. Right. <laughs> no, they don't, they don't trust me with stuff like that, Oh. <laughs> but I would say don't embrace the stigma. That's what I, that's what I would say is the number one thing not to do. Cause there is, there's okay. a huge stigma about suicide and you know don't don't alienate somebody because you don't understand what they're going through i mean they're gonna have to grieve on their own their own timetable um and there's you know, when someone dies by suicide there's that extra uh complication to it because there's there's so many unanswered questions i mean there's unanswered questions when someone dies regardless but well, then someone dies in a, and, it, and it's not just by suicide because you can have people that die from an accident or a homicide. There's just all these. Oh, what if I would have done this? What if I would have been there? So don't, don't just think. Oh, I don't know what to say. And so, I mean, I, I care about them, but I don't want to say the wrong thing, and so I'm just going to avoid them. I mm -hmm. mean, if you care about somebody, then you know, go out of your way to show them that you do care about them. Don't just. Don't just alienate them because they're already alienated enough. Because you, I mean, when you lose somebody, you're you're just uh, you're just numb because you can't you can't feel anything. Like your your whole world just gets turned upside down, and so you you need some stability. You need somebody that will reach out to you and show that they actually care about you. So mm -hmm. yeah, don't embrace the stigma and don't avoid them. Okay. Do you have any? Um... I guess a deeper explanation or examples of how we can not embrace the stigma. Um, I mean, I guess one, one obvious thing would be like, if you're, if you're uh, a person of faith and it's someone else from your, you're not from your faith community. And you personally believe that suicide is the worst thing that they, that person can do and that their family member is rotting in hell. I would, uh, Oh. Avoid voicing that to your friend and telling them that their loved one is in hell. So that, that's that's one one example that comes to mind of not embracing the stigma. 
Yeah. Um, even if you do think that their loved one is in hell for their actions, I, I would hold off on uh, sharing that with them, like ever. Oh, yes. Yes. It's like even if you think it's the biggest sin in the world, you're still you're still not perfect yourself. Yeah. And there's there's plenty of examples of that. And and that's just one of our our human conditions. We we think that because we're knowledgeable about something that gives us the right to 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 judge others, but I mean at least from where I stand, I'm not the judge of anybody. Judge not lest you be judged. So yeah, just treat other people like you want to be treated. Golden rule is a is a great thing. It can be applied to so many different situations in life. And this is one of them. Yeah. And I guess that's, yeah, that is so interesting that we just, with, with suicide, we forget that. For some reason, our society is just so built to turn off when a suicide happens. Like everything we normally do a way we normally try to approach a situation for some reason, it's so different with suicide. Yeah. And I, I don't know why that is, but because of it, we have, that's, it leads to complicated grief in some cases. And, you know, if it, if it happens in the military, which is a, it's a tight knit community anyway. I mean, some of the Mm -hmm. relationships you have with other military members that you you know, you deploy with, you're on a crew with, you're, you see, you see him more than your own family a lot of times. Yeah. And so, and so some of those, I mean, I look at some of my, my buddies from the, from the military and my relationship with them is, you know, closer to a sibling than, than anything else. Cause you're mm-hmm. all away from home. You're all, that's, that's the family that you have. And so when a suicide happens, it, I mean, it rips apart your family. <clears throat> and then if everything just gets glossed over, like, oh, we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to acknowledge that it happened. It leaves it leaves a lot of, there's not as much closure for mm-hmm. the for the family. Because beca- you become a forgotten griever. Like you, it becomes someone else's loss. Even though here this person was, that was part of your family. It's now... The person's other family it's their loss not yours that's how it kind of seems to be viewed interesting so interesting well do you have any last words of wisdom um and it can be on suicide post pension or not last words of wisdom i don't know if i had any words of wisdom this whole time <laughs> but no good I guess just just treat people the way you want to be treated, and mm-hmm. um, and then when someone does die by suicide, just you know treat people with love and compassion, and don't think, well, I don't, you know, I don't know this person well enough, or I mean, who am I to make a difference? You know, we really can make a difference. Um, don't never underestimate your your power as a as a neighbor or even a you know even just a casual friend to have a a great impact on someone else. I was I was listening to 
a religious talk the other day and the speaker used this analogy of he, he had he'd gone on a walk and he'd seen a, a sidewalk that was cracked and you know sidewalk made out of concrete you know it's a very very strong material um, and it would take a lot to to crack a sidewalk but he looked at why it was cracked and a, a root from the the nearby tree had grown underneath it and you know if you if you measured the amount of force that the the root was impacting on that piece of concrete you know on a daily or even a weekly or monthly basis you wouldn't really be able to measure it but over time it had a a great impact on what it did to that sidewalk so i mean i think the point of the talk was small and simple things can make great things come to pass and yeah it just that's a good thing to keep in mind when you're when you're talking with other people who have experienced loss of really any kind or just people that are sad you know there's there's sadness in a lot of different areas of life and you, you know we talk about grief and it you know loss of a relationship loss of a job loss of anything you're going to experience the same family of emotions so mm-hmm. and suicide is it's just another one another area and so never never underestimate the impact you can have on somebody so i guess that would be my you know maybe word of wisdom <laughs> points to ponder no i like it <laughs> I, I mean i tell that to airmen all the time because i'm like you don't have to be a chaplain to be a friend or a wingman to somebody so never underestimate the power that you have as a supervisor, as just a fellow airman. To, I mean, you you have a you have the power to impact someone else's life, so use it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Last words of wisdom. Yeah, you can just you can tell my that. wife that I every once in a while I say something that's. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's really <laughs> my it. kids. It's really my kids that wouldn't believe it. Well, this podcast will be like saved forever. So in however many years when they're more, um, more able to be convinced, <laughs> you can say, see, I think it's right here. Yeah. It's right here. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I have learned a lot. I have thought of things in a way I haven't thought of. So I'm sure that will help other listeners out there. Yeah, I hope so. If not, there's always a delete button. <laughs> just go on to the next episode yeah skip <laughs> okay well thanks again steve all right thanks thank you so much for being so involved and supportive with the suicide prevention awareness month series of the podcast please remember share these episodes Take a quick screenshot of your phone and share it on Instagram, Facebook. Just get this information out there so we can help more people have awareness. We can know how to prevent this and know how to react appropriately when things happen with kind, loving hearts. Thank you guys again so much, and I'll talk to you next week. Mm